0: Welcome to the Rebuild the Body Podcast, where we explore ways to better understand what it means to be human, body, and soul. As we develop a better understanding of the Catholic faith in regards to being human, we can discover its impact and helping us to bounce back from injuries, setbacks, and sin in pursuit of our fitness goals and living out our unique role in building up the body of Christ. I'm your host, Marty Langwood. Let's get started. Hey y'all, welcome back. <laughs> so we just started working on kind of a new segment, a new leeway and um, providing some practical approaches to rebuilding our body. Um, yeah, there is something to be said about tapping into our Catholic belief system surrounding the body. At the same time, there's something to be said about taking action and making that become a reality. Um, as we know as Catholics, words become flesh. You know, what we believe about our body ends up showing up in our body and tends to show up in how we actually act in regards to how we uh, treat our body, Um, you know, before, during, after injuries, um, even those of us that haven't been injured as well. um, Yeah, the desire to work out might be there, but there may be some uh, struggles in the belief system about the value of the body. Um, and at the same time, there also may be some struggles in learning how to work the body to either alleviate the pain or to maybe make it more functional for you to live out your everyday life. So today I want to look at uh, what we call is our, the human movement uh, science. Basically looking at the study of how our body actually moves. And our body functions interdependently, actually. When we think about it, um, when we're walking, our arms and legs are both moving. And, you know, if you, if you think about it more technically, when we step forward with our left leg, our right arm is moving forward. And um, likewise, when we step forward with the right, the left hand's moving forward. And if you're a runner, you understand the value of being able to use your arms and your legs to run effectively and efficiently. So what this means about our body and our human uh, movement system, if you will, is that it consists of our muscular system, our skeletal system, and the nervous system. All three systems work together um, for the purpose of moving the body. Although the systems appear separate, each system and its components must collaborate to form their interdependent links. The entire interdependent system of the body must be aware of its internal and external environments. While gathering necessary information to produce the appropriate movement and movement patterns. More on that later. (laughs) Traditional training has focused on training specific body parts, often in single fixed planes of motion. For example, bicep curls or leg extensions, etc. As a result, our anatomy has been trained to function um, with isolated movements. The problem with that approach is that (laughs) Uh, The human body is an integrated multi-dimensional system, not a series of isolated pieces. Ergo, the need to train the body um, from a functional integrated approach. While the muscles have the ability to dominate motion for our bodies, the central nervous system actually optimizes the selection of the muscle synergies working together, meaning the specific muscles to perform the movement. Rather than the central nervous system oversees the deceleration, stabilization, and acceleration of all the muscles of the body. The muscles must react to the various external stimuli like gravity, momentum, ground reaction forces, and forces created by other functioning uh, muscles. Let's make this simpler by approaching our muscles like actors in a movie and play the role that is required of them based on the load. The direction of resistance, the body's position, movement pattern being performed. So the load, the direction of resistance, the body's position, and the movement pattern being performed. Depending on the movement, the muscles take on one of four production roles here. The first we have is the agonist this would be our main actor the point of the prime mover or the agonist is for a given movement pattern this provides a majority of the force for the respective exercise for example um the gluteus maximus <laughs> is the prime movement for the hip extension for example if you do the donkey kicks, or cable straight legs, That the gluteus maximus is the prime muscle. The second muscle we're looking at, or type of muscle, is the antagonist. This is the one that opposes the main character, right? If you think about it from a movie standpoint. When the agonist contracts... The antagonist must relaxed to allow the joint to move. For example, your hip flexors are the antagonist to your gluteus maximus. So when your gluteus maximus is doing its prime movements, the hip flexors are accommodating as the antagonist to allow that respective movement to happen. Number three is we have our synergist muscles. These would be like your supporting actors. They assist the agonist or the main actor but are not meant to be the primary source behind the respective movement. For example, the hamstrings assist the gluteus maximus during hip extensions. It's not supposed to do the job of our gluteus maximus. And number 4 are our stabilizers. These are our supporting cast members meaning they help associate the uh, joints uh, while the prime mover and synergists contract and create movements. Um, So for example, you're looking at your core stabilizers, uh, muscles like um, more of some of the hip, hip flexor muscles. You also have your lumbar muscles, as well to provide that sense of stability. Although our muscles have different characteristics, shapes, and sizes, all muscles work together to move efficiently. For some of these movements, a muscle should be the agonist. For others, it may be the antagonist. It all has to do with the movement that needs to be accomplished. For example, Muscles that are um, agonists for flexion become the antagonists in respect of joint needs to extend, hence honoring the function of the respective muscle. So, for example, when my bicep is flexing, my uh, tricep is relaxing, and vice versa. So that way I can flex my bicep or do my bicep curl. So what's the point to all of this? Why why do we care about the main actor and the supporting actors, the supporting cast when it comes to the muscles in our body? That is a great question. The point is, functional movement of the body involves learned and applied motor behavior. (laughs) In other words, the way the body responds to internal and external stimuli meaning the nervous, skeletal, and muscular systems working together, receiving the sensory information, right? And then responding to it. Our motor behavior represents a combination of motor control, motor learning, and then we have our motor development. According to NASM, which is a... of where I got certified defines motor control as the study of postures and movements with the involved structures and mechanisms used by our central nervous system to assimilate or integrate sensory information which with previous experiences one of the most important concepts in the motor control involves how the central nervous system incorporates the information it receives to produce, uh, refine, manipulate, and remember a movement pattern. Meaning we're talking about connecting our mind with that of our bodies. The motor control gives us the ability to initiate the purposeful movements. For example, you know, the hot stove um, sensory response. The hot stove, we have that sense to pull our hands away. The muscles are the motor that pulls the hand away as part of the motor learning uh, experience with that. Another way of looking at it is the use of the process of our motor control through practice and experience, leading to a relatively permanent change in someone's ability to do a skilled movement. In the hopes of motor development, as well as the total change in motor behavior throughout time and a lifespan. One form of sensory information I draw from my clients and knowledge as a personal trainer is proprioception, which uses our mechanoreceptors, like our muscles, our joints, our tendons, etc., to provide information about the static and dynamic positions, the movements, and sensations uh, in relationship to our bodies. This particular input brings perception and awareness of the body's relative position in space. This is vital to ensure our optimal motor behavior and neuromuscular efficiency. Kind of cool, right? So let me, let me give you an example of how this may look. You can give this a try if you like. So stand on one foot um, and without holding anything For 20 to 30 seconds. Now if you've mastered that. Try that with your eyes closed. If you've been able to accomplish that with your eyes closed. Now you can try to efficiently or effectively. Try to stand on one foot on top of a foam pad. A pillow. um, And then maybe even get, get a bozu. And do one foot on that as well. Another great way to test your proprioception is to turn off all the lights in your room or your living room more specifically to where it's pitch black and walk through the room without bumping into anything. Hence the awareness of your body's relative position in space, meaning you know where you're going and you have a sense of awareness of where your couch is where the lampstand is, and whatever else is in your living room so you don't run into it as you're walking through a pitch black room. This actually can be kind of fun when you try to uh, see where your proprioception is and also train it. Maybe when you stood on one foot, you noticed yourself getting a little wobbly. Maybe you've gotten up from your chair and notice some soreness, stiffness, or even back pain in the process, among other aches and pains around your joints. They could be compromises to your proprioception. When you take into account 80% of our population experiences low back pain, or the estimated 100,000 to 200,000 ACL injuries annually, Or the more than 2 million ankle (laughs) sprains. These could be altered proprioceptions. Due to the past injuries. Hence the need for core and balance training. Another contributing factor to these problems. Could be due to improper form. They could also explain the improper form which only leads to more movement compensations and potential injuries. Hence the importance of a workout plan designed to train and reinforce correct technique. For example, a person does a squat with an arched low back and knees pointing inward. Indicates weak core muscles, knee issues, and hamstring problems all of which, if not addressed, will only progress and create more problems, not to mention hinder your ability to get the benefit of the squat. Essentially, our muscles take on changing roles as they work together to produce a particular movement. One of the most important concepts when it comes to motor control is that the central nervous system recruits muscles in groups. This actually simplifies the movement by allowing muscles to operate as a functional movement. For example, if you're doing push movements like push-ups or the bench press, your pectoralis major, meaning your main chest muscle, is the agonist or the prime muscle with your interior delts, your shoulder muscles in the front and triceps-assisting synergists. Likewise, for your pole exercises, like rows or pull-ups, your lats become your prime mover, while your posterior delts and biceps assist their respective movements. And this is kind of cool in the sense of knowing that you can actually hit multiple muscles and muscle groups with one exercise. And just like playing a, an instrument, It takes practice of proper movements and techniques. (laughs) In doing so, your muscles and their synergies or respective groups will begin to work together more fluently and automatically, which is, again, the goal of phase four, if you listen to previous podcasts, of a corrective exercise program integration. As always, uh, thank you for listening Uh, to this podcast, go ahead and hit subscribe from whichever uh, podcast host you're listening from. And then also, if you feel like any of this information was helpful to you or would be helpful for somebody else, go ahead and share it as well. Um, That being said, if you have any questions, um, you can connect with me on Instagram at the Catholic Fitness Coach. That is where you can find me. Uh, you can follow me there for more information. And no, like I said, don't hesitate to reach out for questions and clarifications on things. Once again, have a great day and God bless.